You're listening to Depth of Fields with Jennifer Pan. Hey guys, so this is Chris Mighton. I guess we've known each other for like 13, 14 years now. What do, you, what do you think? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was around like 2004 or something like that. It's been a while. I think it's like the old MySpace days. I hear a doggy in the background. Yeah, maybe we should re-record it. <laughs> My neighbor's dog. The That's your neighbor's dog. The windows gotcha. are like made out of paper. So <laughs> I'm just like, I can hear every domestic dispute next door. And I'm just like, I'm going to report them, but maybe I shouldn't. Probably what our neighbors hear from us. It's like <laughs> my daughter's crying. We're like fighting or we're like laughing really loud. Or right next to us is just, uh, it's like a young couple that's like renting a house next to us. They're like building their van. It's like a van again kind of thing. And they're, that's ah. like their entire focus in life since they've been renting the place and we don't talk to them at all but they're just building up this van and so we hear like screwing and hammering and stuff in there i just feel like we're so freaking loud so it's it's like the the other <laughs> side of probably what you're hearing from your like loud dog neighbors right speaking of being at home how is quarantine life i'm working from home thankfully i work for this company called teague they're a, a design firm that's been around for it's like 90 plus years that they've been in business which is kind of unheard of but we do a lot of product design stuff a lot of what i do is 3d or photoshop or kind of editing so it's all just digital stuff it makes it really easy to take home a laptop and remotely connect to my desktop in the office. Been working from home um, ever since mid-February. I'm like losing track of time here. It really feels like we've kind of stepped in an alternate dimension. You know, they're like talking about this is just a worldwide event and we're like never going to be the same again. You know, some people right. are saying like there's not really going to go back to normal. You know, things like UFO, you know, the, <laughs> these like UFO videos are being released and like what the, what? There's like killer hornets. <laughs> these like killer Asian bees that are in Washington state now that like, what? yeah, it's a crazy hornet that came over from either Japan or China. It's in Washington state. So I, I live in Seattle, Washington, um, but they've found these hornets in kind of Northwestern Washington. And they've also found them in British Columbia, which is just a hop, skip and a jump away from Seattle, essentially. And then also on Vancouver Island, which is a, a big island just to the West of Vancouver. These hornets, are known to can sting someone enough times and, and give them enough venom to actually kill them. Insane. You know, all of these weird impending kind of doomsday type stuff. Yeah. Right? Are you going out shopping? Are you staying indoors? Are you doing the Amazon thing and like sanitizing your boxes? Are you pretty <laughs> cautious because you have a child? We're, we're trying to stay put as much as possible. We are doing a lot of Instacart kind of stuff so we'll order that from either costco or some other stores and then we've been doing pickups at this grocery store right next to us called fred meyer and so i'll just ride my bike over there and they just will bring the groceries out and i just load them on my bike and i got a mask on and yeah we're we're trying to be more careful i would say than some because my wife is pregnant and she's like 30 weeks pregnant so oh, it's, congratulations it's, yeah thanks number two on the way kind of a nice bizarre time to be you know bringing <laughs> another doll into this crazy world with all that said we're, we're still excited have you found like sort of a routine or, or food staples that you just kind of stick to and it's safe yeah oh my god there's uh there is this one recipe that we've been just 
like religiously every Sunday we have it. It's like our, it's our comfort food. It's something that my grandma used to make for me every Christmas when she would come to visit. And sometimes she would just make it on special occasions like birthdays or whatever, but it's called a Swedish pancake or a Dutch baby. So this particular recipe is not my grandma's, but it's, it's one that I got from the New York times. And oh my God, the New York times, they were like, they're legit. They know what's going on. I feel like they just always have super good recipes that are like barely easy, but like Mm -hmm. super delicious. Anyways, all it is, is it's flour, butter, milk, sugar, nutmeg. It's a shit ton of butter, but Jen, I'm telling you this Dutch baby is it's the shit it's like if heaven it's like fresh buttery crunchy kind of soft heaven Mm. made into a warm like slice of just doughy goodness very quick you just throw all the stuff into a blender blend it up and then you melt butter in a pan in the oven first and it's like an entire stick of butter that i use and so that's like eight tablespoons of butter and then you pour this thing into that and then you put that bad boy back in the oven and it takes about 20 minutes at the end of that it's like this crusty beautiful buttery goodness layer on top and then in the inside it's still kind of soft and like pancakey but it oh my god it tastes so good anyways (laughs) that's what i would recommend it hits the spot every single time and it has not gotten old we've done this for (laughs) probably a year straight to be honest and now that it's like quarantine time we're all just like fuck yeah bring on sunday because we know all that butter we've been hoarding and all those eggs we've been hoarding we're just gonna like put it right into that that recipe and we were getting a good amount of eggs we had them for years um, and then recently we uh, gave them away because I just could not control the rats. Whoa. When you have chickens, you have to feed them, you know, chicken food. And, and uh, the mm-hmm. chicken food is made up of just all these different seeds and really, you know, it's basically like crack for rats and it attracts rats. Mm. And so they're just like, damn, they smell that chicken <laughs> food and they, you know, come from miles. And so it's just, you know, the rat's job essentially is like 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Its job is to find a way into the chicken coop. So you're basically not going to win between like you and a rat like keeping a rat out of a chicken coop and Mm -hmm. uh, our cats were catching these rats and bringing the rats into the house we're like okay this this is now this is we gotta we just gotta put the kibosh on this at least for a while so in some ways we're a little regretful because we're getting so many eggs from the chickens and now we we do have to go to the store and we're just like, mm-hmm. damn, we're really realizing how many eggs we go through now. Eggs are wonderful. Right? They've got so much protein and they're healthy and they're cheap. Bodybuilders dream or anybody who's like health conscious, they're trying to like yeah. eggs are the way to go. Yeah. And just so, the baking you can do with it, you know, and it just goes into so right. many things. With everything that's going on, do you find any obstacles that you're really like frustrated about? You're just facing and you're like, okay, if this continues, like, what do we do? For us, the questions surrounding my wife's pregnancy we're planning on having a home birth from the very beginning we may face some kind of exposure in the hospital but but we're still going to have to have people kind of help us out you know we'll have a, a midwife come to the house help deliver the baby when you know, my wife has the baby. I'm still going to be having to take care of our two-year-old plus the newborn. I'm going to have to just be like, you know, the dad making the meals. Right. And it can't really fall completely on my shoulders. I think that my wife and I need just a little bit of help in the beginning. So we're, we're like, who are we going to ask to come and assist with us? 
that we trust like they haven't been just like hanging out in groups of people and just exposing themselves <laughs> going to raves, yeah, raves. <laughs> right. going to you know the mall of america or whatever it is right. it's like who do we trust enough to kind of help us out when do we kind of say all right we're gonna kind of open it up to these specific people to come and help us out and the other thing about a newborn is they are more susceptible to viruses and bacteria and, and colds right. and all these pathogens and stuff and so it could be just deadly to the newborn so it, it's a bit more serious when's the due, the date? due date for us is july 10th it's coming up yeah sooner than we probably are anticipating in, in some ways where you know it's like oh my god figuring out like how to handle all that that's pretty stressful i imagine how is your sleep do you find yourself stressing out i think the dutch baby helps <laughs> are you like gaining like the dad bods <laughs> totally. right now like, is it just like yeah i am i mean for me like i'm I'm a skinny bastard and, and always have been and so like i have kind of a distorted weird looking bod dad bod right now it's like everything is <laughs> skinny except for like i have skinny ass legs no ass and like just like i have like a pudge like this weird pudge out of nowhere that i can like grab i'm just like looking in the mirror like what happened to me i'm still trying to get out and ride the bike do some runs and stuff i'm gonna try to do a little evening run here because i've found that it's it's about the best time to do it is because there's hardly anyone out, you know, lack right. of exposure. Do you find that during these current times, like your your circadian rhythm is different? Do you still have the same pattern as when you used to work? I almost feel like it is a little bit better. If I were, you know, me in the past and someone were to tell me, Chris, there's going to be this big virus. It's going to be a pandemic. And in a month, the entire world is going to basically be affected and you will be shitting your pants at some points in time what do you think your sleep is gonna be like i probably would have been like oh my god i'm gonna be yeah i'm, I'm not gonna be sleeping well i'm gonna be shitting bricks scared or kind of stressed and have a lot of anxiety but somehow how am i regulating this really it's weird my wife can kind of get stressed out when she doesn't have good enough sleep and my brain is kind of in the mode of i need to take care of my wife and I need to take care of my kids. If I can't do that, then I'm kind of failing. And so the idea of getting enough sleep is such a, an important thing that I'm I kind of put that at a, at a higher priority. Yeah, you're really lucky because like everybody that I know has had horrible really? sleep right now. So we're all like, what's going on? Or is it in the water? Is it just like the propaganda that's going on? Is it just like, that's really cool that you're getting the right amount of sleep that you need for you to be able to like function and not go crazy and just hand sanitize <laughs> the whole house, segregating their mail based on how uh, long it's been right. like in quarantine. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, it's crazy. Like, yeah, it's definitely going to be a different world when we get back to normal. I was also just thinking maybe one of the other reasons why the sleep is good is because uh, a two-year-old kind of exhausts us. So we feel like right. super tired at the end of the day and we're like, what do you, you want to... What do you want to do? You want to, well, we could uh, try to watch one episode on Netflix. Uh, I don't know. We got like, not a, no, not a movie. We can't, we can't watch a movie. How about 30 minutes? So we try to, we'll try to do 30 minutes. So, <laughs> and then some nights it's like, my wife is so tired. She's just like, I can't, I can't make it through 30 minutes. I'm like, that's all right. I'm, re I'm just, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> so I think that's part of it is like, I think it was just the two of us and we had 
you know, all the time in the world to kind of think and process and to be isolated, to not have like 50 million things we have to do to take care of like another human being that is like totally dependent on you. I think things would be mm-hmm. very different for us. It's almost too hard to keep up with all of it, you know? My sleep is horrible. Like I've, I've just ordered like a bunch yeah. of melatonin. It's always like up and down. One night I'm like up at three and it's just, it's not consistent. And that's like really oh, bad man. for my body. Yeah. So it's, that's Good. why I'm making a podcast. I, I think this is, <laughs> it's such a cool thing you're doing. I mean, I'm really excited about it. I think it's a really great thing to, you know, open up a creative project, put your energy and your positivity into it. I think it it also just gives back to people, gives hope or entertainment. I love podcasts. So that's another reason I'm like, oh, this is awesome, Jen's doing a podcast. What's your go-to podcast you would recommend to other people? There's one that I really love. It's called Tangentially Speaking. This guy, Christopher Ryan who is the author of this book called Sex at Dawn. He's a really interesting dude and uh, gets a really diverse group of people on his podcast from kind of all over the world um, and all walks of life. And and oftentimes the people that he meets on his road trips or his his adventures. And then he just knows a really diverse group of people. He's kind of connected to all these obscure authors as well and, and people who are kind of into relationships. Esther Perel, I don't know if you've heard of her. She has another really awesome podcast she's got a lot of uh, (laughs) i would say she's a a very emotionally intelligent person as far as um when i've talked to therapists i've been in therapy for a while now i wish that my therapists were as badass as her another one is just the daily by the new york times i think is really great gives you a really kind of condensed hit of what's going on but it goes in depth just enough to give you more than just what you might hear on the radio. I really like the Joe Rogan podcast. I know he's got some crazy characters on there, but every once in a while, there's a really awesome gem on there. I just like his method of getting deep with three and a half hours. Almost never get <laughs> right. that with, with any other interview. You know, that's that's the beauty of, of the podcast. Do you have any like projects you're uh, working on, things that you're learning? I mean, I know that you've got a two-year-old, but like, is there anything that you do for yourself to kind of get you through this time? Yeah, my my wife and I have been trying to just schedule, you know, self time. So, so time where either she gets, you know, a couple hours or I get a couple hours and, and one of us or the other will watch, you know, the two-year-old. And so in that time, I've been working on a video. My friend Ray, who you know, and my friend Chris May, who you've met, lives here in Seattle. And he's a really good musician, as you know. A uh, good guitarist and singer, and then Ray is is a pretty accomplished musician and composer, and has done a, a bunch of stuff over the past six years or so for all these Hollywood movies and animations, commercials and nice. stuff. He worked for this studio called Mutata Musica in LA. Did stuff for like the Lego Movie and Thor Ragnarok, and was like the lead audio engineer for Matt Groening's new series called Disenchanted. So he's done like a ton of track, just background story on these guys. We got together rented this cabin that was right on the edge of the Puget Sound. Puget Sound is just this waterway that goes through Seattle. It's the ocean that comes in from the Pacific. It's where the Puget Sound goes. It's like this big gouge where these glaciers kind of eroded out, kind of a big channel. And now it's just filled with ocean water. There's all these 
cool little cabins and like these desolate forested areas and stuff. And so we rented one of these cabins and just were right on the water. Our intention was just to set up a little mini recording studio and just see what happens. This cabin was just like this perfect little oasis of kind of creativity for us. It's like a totally wood cabin from like... I don't know, I think it was like the 20s that this thing was built. And so it's very rustic, small and kind of quaint. Mm -hmm. And so anyways, I, I videotaped as much as I could as we were recording songs. And so I kind of got the process. So I'm kind of getting that video together. I really wish I could turn it into something more, you know, a documentary of sorts. But it was, it's more of a, like a narrated piece with one of the songs with kind of animated bits and pieces that kind of fly in and out and kind of the walls like shift and change and then come back kind of a compositing project for me in, in some way but also like paying respect to that time that the three of us had so that's been keeping me sane mm -hmm. and just excited to like oh cool like i have a couple hours to work on this thing and so i'll go upstairs and we have a nice little office upstairs and just work on it do you have an instrument that you enjoy playing like your favorite one that you always gravitate towards like a guitar yeah my favorite is still the guitar and it's moved more and more into the acoustic guitar because it's just so simple and so accessible i can literally pick it up within like half a second an idea to me it's almost like you know when you pick up a piece of paper and you have an idea and you just start doodling and sketching and just and it doesn't really matter because it's not really that loud and it's not that present and it's not that like defined it's almost like it's easier to just throw an idea out and it doesn't feel so final. And so the acoustic guitar for me has just been such a lovely thing that kind of keeps me grounded too. There's something about the feeling of direct sound that happens when you pluck a string, you know? It's like you don't really get that from an electric guitar because it has to have all of these interfaces before it comes out of a, you know, before the air, like, comes out of a freaking speaker. There's just something so uh, soul warming <laughs> to the acoustic guitar for me lately do you have any advice get someone to like be motivated or inspired just getting a guitar and treating it like it, it's a toy almost like this thing that for me anyways this is what what for me was like not being so serious about it and treating it like it was a fun thing that i experimented with to try to figure out what things made what sounds like if I hammered on with my finger over and over like doodle 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 or whatever um just to treat it almost like you're a little kid like a baby first discovering this world not be so serious about it a lot of people get so serious about it and then they get so bummed out when they can't meet their own heightened expectations of kind of perfection or whatever. That's not to say that that isn't a thing to strive for is, is like perfection. But I think getting into it, having fun and understanding that these things are meant to be modes of, of expressing what's inside you and then like getting super, super technical, mm -hmm. you know, and it has to be perfect. Think of it as a, a mode of expressing what's inside 
that's what worked for me anyways. That's what brings me back to it over and over. Did you like start learning with chords or did you start learning with like the rhythm and the strumming? What, what was what was it like? Um, just cohesive. It was more single string, just understanding what each note did. And even something as simple as, oh, if you move your finger down the fretboard, it gets lower. And if you move it up the fretboard, it gets higher. There was so much of my playing was single string, just learning each note, you know, what that sounded like and exploring it. What would happen if I put more pressure, or less pressure? It was actually months, I would say, before I even said, okay, I guess I should learn chords now. I honestly fucked around and like doodled <laughs> with this thing, knowing zero about how to play. And it almost gave me my own unique relationship with the guitar. We're strangers that were attracted to each other. And then we just kind of like learned how each other worked. And then slowly, then when I got with my friends who knew how to play guitar, they're like, oh, wait, you don't know what a chord is? Like, oh, let me, this is a G, dude. Like, oh, okay. Like, all right. It was almost like I was just building up my dexterity by just fiddling with it, you know? Once I started hanging out with friends who knew how to play guitar, that's when I started to really grow. Because I think that you can really teach yourself a lot when you're by yourself and look at videos on YouTube or whatever, but having kind of a patient and fun person that knows how to play guitar. I think having just a, a teacher in general, if it's a friend or parent or relative or whatever, that has helped me grow so much. Do you find that collaborating is more like motivating? Yes. Like, hey, let's do something together. Yeah, is that kind of definitely. like a... For example, when you and I started hanging out, that was one of the first things that drew me to you as a person was your music I was like wow this is so cool like and I, I felt like there was this authenticity of expression in your music that I wasn't really hearing from even some of my friends then being able to collaborate with you and contribute different tracks to your music it motivated me I could hear things I could hear like oh there's there's all these other like subtle notes that I could hear in my head. Of It was like you right. just created these songs that were like the foundation that all these other things could be built off of. For me, I've always been really motivated to collaborate. A lot of my relationships that I still have are, are creative, collaborative relationships. Like with my friend Chris May and Ray Plaza, I was explaining previously, like we're still super close friends and we still make music together. Even if it's like shitty music that no one ever hears, we're still just like creating and, and making stuff, you know, and it feels really good to still be doing that with people. So that was part one with Chris. But next week, we're going to talk about music inspirations, art process, and some topics that you probably did not expect to hear on this show. So tune in. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Depth of Fields with Jennifer Pan.